In 1820, on March the 24th, in Putnam County, New York, a baby girl was born to a poor couple called John and Mercy Crosby. And when this little girl was six weeks old, she caught a cold, as happens with little girls sometimes, and the cold included inflammation of her eyes. They just sort of swelled up. And the family doctor, for whatever reason, wasn't available, and they sent, he sent someone instead who would correctly earn the title of quack. And, and he recommended a mustard poultice uh, to be applied to her eyes. Now, this was something where the oils and the mustard are meant to be on a cloth, and the cloth, the mustard's never meant to touch the skin, and apparently it's still a formula that's used in some parts of the world today. But for whatever reason, this was applied to her eyes, and it caused her to go blind. Somehow, uh, a few months later, when she was about one, her father died, and her mother, Mercy, moved into the city to be close to her mother, and little Frances Jane was raised by her mother and her grandmother in great fine Methodist traditions in New York City. And later in life, Fanny, as she was known, Fanny Crosby became an advocate for the blind. She taught at the New York Institute for the Blind, taught English there, where she herself had been a student. And while a student at the Institute for the Blind, she learned the piano and she learned the guitar, which were incredibly important things for her in later life because she was to become a prolific, really prolific writer of hymns. And, uh, in fact, she had so many hymns that she had to write some of them under pseudonyms because editors of hymnals in those days did not want too many hymns by the same person. And you'd recognize some of them, and some of them are long gone to history, but I suspect that most of you would recognize the hymn or the tune of Blessed Assurance. The tune was written by her friend from church, Phoebe Knapp. And Fanny Crosby died in 1902. Now, I got interested in this because... Someone gave me a present, a wonderful gift. And it's a, a boxed set of CDs, and it's called Goodbye Babylon. And it's five CDs of gospel hymns, black and white, mostly southern, from around the turn of the century until about the 50s. Some of these very old recordings. And then there's a whole CD of preaching, preachments. And, and there's wonderful songs by there's, uh, the Georgia Peach does when the saints go marching in. Mahalia Jackson is actually on there as one of the later people. Um, there's lots of sacred harp singing. And there is, um, one of my favorites is Blind Mamie Forehand. Lots of blind singers. The Tennessee Mountaineers are on there. It's, 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 a, it's a fabulous thing and a great gift. And there was one in a nice symmetry of fate a woman who was born in Texas uh, and came out of the holiness tradition had been born blind, and she started recording songs. And she recorded and was billed under the name of Arizona Drains. And Arizona Drains was thought to be half African-American and half Mexican. She had a very high nasal voice. And in 1928, she recorded this old hymn, Blessed Assurance, but for whatever reason, she didn't remember the name or she didn't remember the words, or maybe she just changed it. And she recorded it as... And here's the title, He is My Story. He is my story. He is my song. Sweetly I praise him all the day long. He is my story. And so gospel music has answered the question of Caesarea Philippi 
the question that is the turning point of Mark's gospel, in which Jesus asks the disciples, who do you say that I am? And then starts turning his face toward Jerusalem, teaching about the cost of discipleship and leading us toward the scandal of the cross, which, which Peter immediately wants to stop him talking about. Who do you say that I am? And he is our story is a pretty good answer. Biblical scholarship quite rightly makes its focus the meaning of the title Messiah or Christ or Son of Man. And as a consequence, much preaching about this has called us to think about making sure we have right belief, that we've got our thoughts all in order and we understand precisely what the word means and give an intellectual assent to it. But that scholarship and preaching becomes just a part of the whole story of the people of God, the story of Israel, the story of the church, and most of all, the story of Jesus, with all its blind alleys and laws and proverbs and psalms and prophecy that make up the whole narrative, the story. We've had a group meeting diligently for over a year now to help us think strategically about our life in years to come. And one of the themes of our conversation that comes up again and again and again is how diversity is all very well, in fact, essential for our understanding and growth in the faith. But it leads us to ask and keep asking, what actually holds us together? In the end, what is really important about what brings us together and holds us together here? And where we find ourselves answering, where I find myself answering over and over, is that we are held together by a wide variety of responses to the story of Jesus. Go to any class here, and you'll find a great spectrum of belief, even sometimes posing as disbelief. Hard to imagine, but there you have it. And, 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 and yet what we all have is a response to this story of Jesus. It's the most important thing that we have in common. And then more than that, most of us bind ourselves together by choice when we commit to following and allowing the story of what really matters to shape our lives. The story is one of good news. It's the proclamation of peace with justice, founded in love. A story of grace, the forgiveness of sin, the possibility of newness of life. Our story is about the possibility of our living with absolute integrity in this world, as did Jesus. It's the story of Jesus, his antecedents and his consequence. I'm always touched, I'm choked, moved by the extraordinary variety of ministries that are represented and that we celebrate each day, each year on this day. And the, the procession and all of the gifts that you give and all of the time that you offer and all of the work that is done in the name of Christ. And all of these ministries, if we could push back to the beginning, we would say they are in one way or another a response to the story that shapes our lives response to the story we hold in common, a manifestation of the community of Jesus to which we are bound by choice and by commitment. Now, my own response to this story at this point in my life, and it, it's changed over the years in, in a variety of ways, but my own response, and I hope it's similar to where many of you find yourselves, is that it takes me a little further. It leads me not just to the story of Jesus, but to the person of Jesus. We meet Jesus, we meet Jesus in all of the ways we tell the story around this table when we meet here, seeking transformation as we take the very essence of Jesus' fully integrated and transforming life into our own. 
the, the prayer in the older service says that we, we pray that he may dwell in us and we in him. The Holy Communion is not so much a grim denial of self when we ask to be shaped by this other life, but a hopeful seeking of our true selves, taking up our cross in a sense, letting go of our own life in order to find what is really important is what we're doing in denying ourselves in order to follow a man who makes manifest the ground of our being and the source of all that is good and true and beautiful and holy. And so he, Jesus, becomes our story as we allow our story to be shaped by what is really important, a story we must both live and tell in forthright and confident ways to a world in need, in ways that are true to our response and that talk about what God is doing in our life and how we are being shaped. And so the old song, which we're going to play in a minute, is a pretty good answer for us to Jesus' question of those who would follow him. Who do you say that I am? Maurice, this is... He is my story from Arizona Drains. story. He is my song. Sweetly I praise him all the day long. As ever, let us respond to the gospel in silence and in prayer, hearing the question posed to us, who do you say that I am? <laughs> 